Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the very occasional Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. Um, how are you guys doing? It has been a little bit of time since we got together. It's David, Matt and Alan. We are here to look back at the season that was, pick over the bones of Glasgow's loss in the final and look ahead to Scotland's summer tour um, and all that good stuff. Matt, it's uh, nice to nice to see you. We don't really speak when we're not doing podcasts. It's been a couple of months. You all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I was a bit anxious about this, to be fair. Like, well, wasn't sure it was going to actually happen. And then I'm not quite sure what to say or how to, you know, bit yeah. of banter, jokes. I'm not quite sure how it works, really. But we're, so, we're, we're, out of, we're certainly out of practice. You were never particularly good at banter or jokes anyway. So, yeah, it's not much strength. to get back into it. <laughs> well, I just spend the days on on the offside line. I've got to bring something to the table. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Alan, how are you getting on? Good. good. Obviously, you, me, do meet. We have numerous beers without Matt on. We do on, have a lot on, of beers without Matt. Yeah. A, a near-weekly occasion. But yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just tough to get pods in these days, all all with young children. It's tough, you know, yeah. Just yeah. can't believe how much time we used to have. Genuinely, just so don't, much time. Don't talk about it. <laughs> you can't can't dwell on it too much. So much time. We used um, to watch and you, Scotland Sevens. That's how much time we had. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of rugby I used to watch. Wow. Actually, I didn't watch that much. You guys used to watch a lot of rugby, buddy. Huh? Um. Well, anyway, it's, it is good to be back together. And thank you very much for joining us. We've been keeping in touch with you guys on social media. That's at Thistle Rugby Pod. That's where you can find us on Instagram, Thistle underscore Rugby understroke pod those are our two main channels at the moment the newsletter has lain dormant as well it's been a tough stretch um but as matt was saying we've all got these young children running around um so you know we're an occasional pod but it is always good to get back together 
Um, and on the occasion of Glasgow getting to a European final, that is worth us getting back together to talk about. Matt, we might as well start there and then we'll come on to talk about the Scotland squad. Um, and we might touch a little bit on Edinburgh, that, but you never know. Like, it's, There's not much to say on them. They've been, they've been bad for a wee while now. But let's start a Scottish team in a Euro- European final. Matt, let's start with the positive. That was a bloody good run by Glasgow before sort of coming up short in that final. Yeah, I think if at the start of the season or when you heard that Franco Smith, a bit of an unknown or a bit of a an underwhelming appointment um, had come into the fold that by the end of the first year in charge, Glasgow would have been, you know, um, in a European final, pushing hard and in the URC playoffs, obviously would have um, bitten their hand off. Um, and then I think just because the season has been so successful, and I think there was a genuine sense of optimism going into both the the monster match and this final. Like actually, I think the the sense of disappointment is is pretty strong when if you t- told someone at the start of the season that's going to be the outcome, you would have been pretty happy with it. So it's a bit of like a, a, a strange one in that sense. I think it is easy to forget that Glasgow, it's not that they were quite in disarray, but they were in a really bad spot, really difficult coaching market after Danny Wilson was. And we discussed it on the pod back then that we think that the SRU didn't really... They weren't planning to get rid of Danny Wilson, but then they shipped 70 to Leinster and it became something that they had to do. You know, we've never really been accused of being, um, of, of sort of sitting on the fence, but we were, we were not as, as anti Franco Smith as a lot of people were. We said it was a pretty decent bit of business in, uh, in the circumstances. Alan, what did you make of Glasgow in the end then? Did we, um, did we did people sort of underestimate that Toulon team, or did Glasgow really just not show up to the races? I think the narrative in the press has been relatively sort of complimentary of of Toulon, and probably I would say put Toulon a little bit too high a pedestal for what for where they're actually at. Like they have they do have a few sort of like good individuals, obviously, so like Colby and then um, Saran. But actually, when you look at their team, I don't think it's particularly strong, especially in the pack, sort of outside of, of Olivon. You know, you've got Big Brian and Cornel Dupree and Parise is about 40. And I actually think when you match them up, Glasgow on the whole has a better team. And I, I really think for, for whatever reason, it just feels like that Glasgow team has sort of run run out of steam as it's come into the last couple of matches. And I think you saw sort of in that Munster game, they, they sort of lacked a bit of the cutting edge, especially in the in the, in the the 22. And then sort of coming into this too long game just seemed to completely lose their shape and just their sort of overall kind of attack. It was, it was a, again, it's really sad because obviously you sort of, the, the last game is very much sort of in the memory and, it just felt so disappointing to kind of stutter and kind of not really make a mark in such a big match. But I do think when you sort of look back over the course of the season, clearly Glasgow have made some tremendous kind of strides forward. I think it does look pretty good for next season, but I do think they should, I I generally think they went in 
to that match against Toulon as a, a marginally better side. And I don't think they gave a particularly great account of themselves. I think it's kind of similar to the to the Munster game in that once again, yeah. like Glasgow were the form team versus Munster in the in the URC. And probably on paper, you're kind of thinking, yeah, Glasgow have, have, have got Munster's number here. But then I think it's the same with Toulon. Like there's just there's two, three, four players who are used to playing in big matches and have won those big matches before. With Toulon, it's Colby, Bigger, maybe Olivon, and even someone like Parise, although he's played for Italy, etc. Like he's so experienced and you kind of want that kind of leader in your in your team. And then with, with Munster, it's your Omanis is the the obvious one. Um and it, it just kind of felt like it was in both those matches, like those traditional Scottish failures around you know, Glasgow could win those games when the pressure wasn't really on because no one expected them to do that well this season and the stakes weren't as high as in these knockout games. But when it came to the crunch, just couldn't pull out that performance that we know they were capable of and showed the whole the whole season. So yeah, it's just those like familiar failings that were just really, really gutting given how how good the season had been up to that point. No agreed. And I think I said just the fact that in attack, especially in that sort of first half, just weren't really able to pull together really anything. And, you know, in a lot of cases, it was just sort of a lot of players that didn't really look like they played together very much across the course of the season. And I I just imagine for those, for a lot of them, to your point, haven't played a lot of finals to not sort of show the best of yourselves in that type of situation is obviously massively disappointing. Um, and then think, I guess do you think um sorry, do you think Franco made a bit of a couple of selection errors and should have had Darge and Gray starting and do you think that would have made any difference? Do you, do you think the Gray's gonna be like an injury thing? It does seem strange. I think Dupree's been pretty good this season, but you know, it's a final. It feels like you pick your strongest team. I can kinda of see the argument for Vailanu ahead of Darge because Vailanu's been really good this season and you maybe just want heft. I think the the issue with Richie was just because the line out went so badly, it just stands out so massively yeah. that you didn't have that key line out operator kind of in position. And obviously him and Brown sort of have worked so well together. I I, I kind of see where you're coming from with with Darge, but I actually think Darge just is such a good player that he's almost the first first name on the team sheet. And I think in terms of that power game, you know, maybe you know it's easy to say retrospectively, but we it didn't really bring very much not having Dodge in the in the squad. So I, I I don't think he made the right calls. At the same time, I'm not sure if it would have quite made enough of a difference. That's the thing. I don't think it would have changed the result, but maybe I mean two two of those tries right were from overthrows. Maybe if Glasgow were in the game. You know, within five or seven points from uh, half time, puts a bit of doubt in Toulon's mind. But even at that stage, it seemed like the game was kind of past them. Yeah, and then I think nine ten. It's just been a little bit of an issue, sort of moving into the back end of the season. I think George Horns, after coming out of a really great regular season, just hasn't quite lived up to those standards again. It both in the monster and against Toulon. Yeah, I think it's. 
it's a shame with him because we know how good he is, but there have always been those question marks, which I think are like a bit, little bit unfair sometimes around his basics, his his box kicking, his his actual the quality of his passing, which you know it's it's all good and well when he he's playing against say the Dragons and absolutely tearing it up with his running game, but these sort of occasions do demand a little bit more of the sort of the basics and the more solid stuff, and I just think sometimes it it lets him down a little little bit, which is why maybe for Scotland he's kind of perennially going to be that bench option. Yeah. And I think kind of in the, the other side of that 9-10 combo, I, I think it just showed that moving into next season, I, I'm, I, it feels like there is still a gap at Glasgow and that there still isn't really a 10 there that is going to take Glasgow from was admittedly sort of a great position, you know, fourth in the league, quarterfinal, etc. But if they're going to move on further, it feels like they might need to invest in the 10, especially, you know, if Ross Thompson isn't going to be able to, like, consistently play next season. I don't know who's available, <laughs> who they can even afford to get. But I'm just not quite sure that Tom, George and Miotti are going to no. be the 10s that are going to win you the big matches. Who have they got on the books? Jordan, Miotti, Weir... And Thompson, Thompson, and, and I guess McDowell now is a ten. Maybe Stiffy, Stiffy at ten. People, are, people are calling for it. They want it. <laughs> I think he is a legitimate kind of backup if required. Yeah, but he's just he's just not a ten. Yeah, and none of those other four are really sort of inspiring confidence either to sort well, of like think... spur Glasgow on to the next level. I, I was, it's a bit harsh on Ross Thompson because he, he really hasn't played right. That's true. And actually, Tom Jordan's done well. He's done an awful lot to take them to where they got to this season. Yeah. I I, so, I do agree. Do you want to apologize? Same... Do you want to apologize to the man? No, no really I, 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 I don't. I don't. <laughs> never apologize. I, never, never apologize. Even in the face of facts, never apologize. <laughs> I, I still, I still hold to the view that. I'm not sure if Tom Jordan, for all his great attributes and for how well he's done, whether he is a 10 that was was able to manage that high-intensity yeah. monster match. Um, Maybe this is, the, this is the Finn Smith gap that's being left. Deliberately. <laughs> I mean, obviously that would be fantastic. Well, but handing him, They just want to hand him the keys. Yeah. Every, everyone sees the light. Tom Tom Roebuck switching allegiances today. Like everyone says things like, "Oh no, I'm English through and through," but I'll come round right sooner rather than later. Bird in the hands, better than two in the bush, and we can offer you a World Cup in in three months' time, lads. Come on, exactly. or Kellogg. Kellogg could just absolutely blow everything up and just take Paddy Jackson, win London Irish. King <laughs> um, Hal. No, Dad, the discourse. The discourse. Yeah. Don't, obviously, Jesus don't do Christ. it. Jesus Christ, that would be bad. Uh, but, well, but, I, you were, I thought you were yeah. going to say that Al Kellogg is going to offer Finn Smith not only the 10 jersey at Glasgow, but a long-term role in the regional business development partnerships in the uh, in Glasgow, and then ultimately the SIU. Yeah, or a, a stake in that Finn's Bay Flatiron restaurant. Finn's That's what I was Flat- thinking. Forget nice. It. Kellogg's a, little... a mogul. He's not just like a administrator. He's like a he's a mogul. 
in that part of the world. I feel like he's been a little bit quieter than I thought he was going to be. I, I thought he was going to be very front and centre of like the Glasgow Warriors project, but he's mm. he's sort of taken a little bit more of a step back. Did you read his, Matt, his like update tonight that, that they sent out to the team, the sort of end of season update to fans? I did see there's going to be some permanent bars and restaurants in the, the Scottsdale yeah. fan zone. Oh, really? Yeah. Spotted that. Or the building. Plans too. Zone, yeah. yeah, that was nice. I saw um, that. I did sorry, just going back ex- to the sorry, just going back to the ten thing. I thought I saw that um, the URC were talking about a draft system potentially. Did see that? Which you can argue for and against it. I don't really care. But if we need a ten, you know, get get some lad in from Zebra. Who cares? Wait, how the URC is going to operate a draft system? I think basically, I, was it not the Rock Nation guy that said this? Am I right? It was Martin. I was. Or was it Martin Anai? Yeah, Martin and I uh, was saying that, basically saying that the as a closed system, you don't get like the sort of as in no relegation. You don't get like the churn of players. He, he was and saying he told, that he, the, he, yeah, the games at the bottom of the league, no one cares. Yeah. So why don't you do a draft system and maybe Zebra can get some players who aren't getting game time elsewhere, and it can make them a bit better. I'd love it if, like, yeah, Zebra, Zebra came last and just like, cool, we'll get Kalen Doris. Halfway <laughs> one. Yeah. Like Josh <laughs> Vanderfleer, you're off to you're off to Treviso. It'd be quite fun. That's definitely something where, like, Rock Nation facilitated oh, 100%. Uh, a workshop with um, with the USC <laughs> and that crazy American guy was like, let's bring in the draft system. Yeah, he came straight in from the gym with his little weightlifting gloves on. <laughs> and was like, I've just had this, I've had this great idea on the, on, while well, I was doing some cable flies for a draft. Yeah. But that's the, the, the thing about the draft system that works in America is that they have, like, an extremely mature and credible like college system like are we talking about we're just going to like take kids out of like watson's and blackrock and send them to treviso as like the number one pick that is the future it just doesn't doesn't work like that that is the future of the league well it's the future stumel's finest getting shipped to the dragons like oh no (laughs) (laughs) we are we as positive, do you think about the? I feel like the URC generally has a bit of a little bit of momentum about it. Yeah, I'm not attributing, yeah. yeah, I'm not, and I, I refuse to attribute this to Rock Nation, which a few people do, but it does seem to have its tails up. I, I, I wonder how much depth there is to it. Um, I, I guess the whole thing with sort of the South African teams is it still feels a little bit. Fresh, and, but I guess I'm still not quite fully bought into South Africa as part of the USC in general. Yeah, I, but, but maybe I'm part of the minority. I can I can see it's, that it's undeniable that they've brought quality to it. But it is, yeah, no, like, no, I, I agree, partic- agree. Particularly last year, it was strange when it was an all South African final. I guess, and then I suppose we're just feeling a bit hurt, like. Glasgow got beat, so they're not in the final. I think if if Glasgow were going down to Cape Town, we'd be like all over it, right? Yeah, I, 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 I still feel. I think I'd still feel it's a bit strange, and like that's 
you're only excited because it's a final, right? And like I think right throughout the rest of the season, I just can't get excited about any Scottish team going to South Africa and playing in front of like ultimately yeah. not that many people. Um and I wonder if it's the same for South African fans. Like, sure, Edinburgh can fill out the dam, but it's a it's a hard sell. They're all sort of confected rivalries across the across the whole league, right? Yeah. Apart from Glasgow Munster, there is something there. Yeah, just... well, Glasgow Munster is definitely happening. And Glasgow Edinburgh, you know, I think is a is a real thing. And then you've got all your inter country ones. But like, there's nothing like you know, uh, I don't know, like Bath Exeter and like those like these old like traditional rivalries. Is, ba- is Bath there, Exeter you know? a, a traditional rivalry? I just I'm just gradu- I'm just grabbing the West Country there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think also it, the the URC does very well, or has done well this season because the Premiership, which I think is Premiership in a good year, I would still argue is the English Premiership is perhaps the best league, but in the last year or so has been such a shit show that it makes the URC look like <clears throat> this you know paragon of stability and excitement, etc. Yeah. No. Agreed. It's uh, although I do sometimes find that there's like obviously a bit of criticism from the URC side about like you know lack of sustainability in the Premiership. It's like, I'm, I'm pretty sure if Edinburgh and Glasgow weren't subsidised by Scotland, ne- neither neither would have surpri- survived the pro era whatsoever. <laughs> no, well, not, yeah. neither would any team in Ireland or Wales, right? Yeah, I know exactly. But yeah, yeah. That's, I guess that's. But now. Maybe we need to be. Maybe I'm being being a little bit cynical. It feels like to point when you sort of compare it to where the prem, Premiership is, and you got to remember we're still only not a year and a half or two out out of COVID. The URC is probably in a relatively good place, and actually yeah. bringing those South African teams in, you know, hasn't been detri- hasn't only been detrimental to the URC product. I just probably don't think it's added as much as sometimes people say it has. Yeah. I think you're probably right. That feels about that feels that feels very very uh very measured of you, Alan. Very Come on Alan, give us give us a better sound bite than that, Alan. Give Let's us a hot get some, yeah, <laughs> something something taken out of context that we can <laughs> beat over the head with. Uh I have not I have not made we've already had the Paddy Jackson line. We can take that out of context. That's our headline. <laughs> we've, we've got we've got the headline for the the uh, the episode, so we're fine. So, so, as I said, that was more of a hypothetical. <laughs> just make just make the title Paddy Jackson to Glasgow question mark. <laughs> it's really it's still up. We're going to have to get an on the record denial from Al Kellogg by the end of tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, easy. <laughs> He's like, I'm not, I'm not in conversations. <laughs> uh, where, where do we want to go? No, I guess I, oh, other than the 10 position, I suppose, is actually where we started off that section of the conversation. Where else did Glasgow, in, in, in his letter today, Al Kellogg did say that they will complete their business over the summer. Other than 10, do you think there's any areas where they, they sort of desperately need to, to strengthen if they're to, you know, 
what do we want from a Glasgow and an Edinburgh? A nice final or semi-final appearance now and again, but basically consistently in the playoffs, I think is what we can sort of want and hope for. Like, what do Glasgow need to do to make sure that they're there again next year? Well, it's, it's quite interesting if you look at Edinburgh's business for next season. Yeah. They're bringing in a lot of players. Um, and I think a few of those guys are adding like decent quality, particularly Ben Healy. Um, yeah. Hislop and Sebastian add some depth at prop. Scott Steele, Ewan Ashman is probably the other name that, that stands out from that. Glasgow yeah. have only signed this guy, Henko Venter, the flanker from the Sharks, who's, you know, he's, he sounds like a little bit of a South African journeyman. And to be fair, I think that's actually signing South African players has proven itself to be a pretty decent strategy in the past. Good and I strategy, think yeah. It looks as if Franco Smith has coached him before for the Cheetahs, potentially, or must know him from the Cheetahs. Um, so you think in terms of like at least fairness, they'll have some money to spend, some players, because they're also losing a few players like Bergen, Wilson, um, Sam Johnson, etc. So yeah. I think maybe there's scope to do quite a bit of business there. Yeah. It, I think when you look at the team, especially from the week the weekend, it feels like there is a little maybe not the starting pack but definitely a bit more depth around sort of the front row or, or kind of what they're able to sort of bring off the bench you know it does a really does a really good job but someone like you know obviously a loot an upgrade on a lewis bean an upgrade on bergen now's retired I, I think that there's a few players there where you could bring in a slightly better quality sort of reinforcement off the bench which i think we'd sort of add quite a lot especially when them You've got players sort of off with uh, with internationals. But again, I think that's what's quite disappointing about the match of the weekend. I think when you look at Batty, Brown, Ferguson, Dupree, Cummings with Richie Gray, Ferguson, Vialanu, Dempsey, Darge, it doesn't feel like there's too much opportunities. Maybe Batty, maybe another back row, but even then, like, Vegas and Darge Dempsey could be the starting Scottish back row. Cummings and Gray could be the starting, you know, second row. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I actually don't think there's too much needed in the pack outside of just maybe sort of better reinforcements off the bench. But I think that just, again, brings brings into light how poor the match against Toulon was. I wonder as well if you, because Lewis Bean is leaving at the end of the season as well. I think he's going to France. So you think maybe that like second slash six rule needs a bit of strengthening. <clears throat> and I, I suppose if you think about it this year, you've seen at various points the likes of Gregor Brown, Ewan Ferry, that Alex Samuel guy. I think there's maybe one other, but I can't remember. All getting a shot. All those lads who were dressed up at the final of the weekend in their like six form ties. Um, uh, incredible! So good. Someone had a gr- someone had a great comment under that. Like Max Williamson as well. Look, some of them all they all look exactly the same somehow. Yeah. Um, so I I don't know. Maybe you will see some reinforcements, a bit of experience, but also maybe they're putting quite a lot of faith in in those guys. Um, yeah. And then you've also got like Murphy Walker to come back from injury. I think they quite like this Angus Fraser guy, the hooker. Um, who showed up mm. quite well in Super Six in the past? 
may, maybe there won't be as much business as as we as we think. They've also signed Cordero, that winger. Is the only oh, yeah. business I can think of from Exeter. maybe an, maybe another winger. Yeah, they need another winger. Considering Doby was playing there, yeah, towards the end of the season, <laughs> like they I did a pretty a... good job. But... Yeah, I'm surprised they they let Cole Forbes go. Um, Sounds as if he Cole wanted to Forbes is a bit of a bit of a funny one. He was in a Scotland squad not that long ago. Yeah, twenty twenty summer twenty twenty one, I think, where it where it got canned for for COVID, didn't it? Oh really? Yeah, because I think he would have got he probably would have got capped. And was that because was that when it was Mike Blair because Tooney was off of the Lions? Um, so yeah. Mike, how weird is that? Mike Blair would have capped Cole Forbes for Scotland. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely feels like of uh, you know, again, Carl Stain, Canton, yeah, Rollery. And is a, is a good starting wingers, but again, if you've only got Cadero and then Dobie, it's uh, there definitely needs to be a bit of a, a bit of, a few additions there. I think it's the end of the Walter Fafita era as well, which is, is it? yeah. Wow. So he's gone. He's gone. I think he did it. I think he played like a hundred games for Stirling County. <laughs> <laughs> to be Probably fair, quite a big loss for Stirling County. I don't know if it was, if I'm honest. <laughs> That's no. the problem. There, there, there must have been a few times, though, where he was coming off like, his, his blindside wing and just like some lad for like, I don't know, Southern Knights was just like, oh my God, <laughs> what the hell is this? Because <laughs> he was, I mean, genuinely, it's just like a specimen, abs- an absolute beast, right? I think at some yeah. point, Super Six, him playing was the equivalent to like Jonah Lumu. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of in terms of who he was up against. Like when you saw him on the highlights of Super Six, it was just like he was playing a different game. Size wise at least. Size wise, yeah. And he didn't he didn't look that bothered, but he could still like if someone came and tackled him, he'd like put up the bumpers and they would be like a concussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, didn't see Sam Johnson leaving. I thought he, I thought he might have like a, yeah. at least like a year extension. But I guess you know Franco clearly likes Stafford, and if you guess if you've got him and Sione, then it doesn't make Sam, sense. Sam Johnson, if I'd be getting my agent on the phone to Japan if I was Sam Johnson. Yeah. He's got he's like, he's got Japan profile written all over him, surely. I, yeah. I wonder as well if he'll eventually want to go back to Australia. So you can go to Japan, be closer, yeah. and then slowly make your way back. I I wonder if he was on... <laughs> it's like he's on some sort of medieval journey. It's like, oh, right, yeah. <laughs> well, Go to Japan because no. then I'll be closer to getting home. <laughs> no, because in, in the context of his career, not the logistics, not the practicalities of travel in the 21st yeah. century. Um, but I, I wonder if he was on quite a decent wedge and just wasn't getting into game time. It was like, we've got, we can allocate yeah. that better maybe to a forward. Yeah. He would have been getting paid well. I imagine his last contract he signed, it would have been in his peak Scotland years. Yeah. Yeah. Just re-signed straight after scoring that try and the draw at Twickenham. It's like, yeah, exactly. 
marched up the stairs at Twickenham with a new contract and put it in front of Dodson. Dodson was like, I'll see you in the sauna on Monday. Bring a pen. <laughs> <It's> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was a bit of a funny one. Um, do you want to talk Scotland, Scotland training squad? Yeah, let's do it. So World Cup training squad four games this summer um, against Italy, France, and Georgia. The famous Grouse Nation Series. Good to see the famous Grouse back with a title sponsorship of Scottish Rugby. I think we commented this on Twitter. Matt, boring? Kind of nothing new and sexy and exciting in this World Cup squad? Is that is that a good thing now? Are we a settled international nation? I, th- I think it's just in the context of We've come to expect Townsend just chucking in a wild card. So I was just expecting some sort yeah. of unknown guy from New Zealand who was playing in Japan and his granddad was a bit Scottish or something. Um, but yeah, I think it, in a sense it is reassuring that it's a, an established squad, it's settled. But at the same yeah. time, I slightly worry because I feel like it was the same going <clears> into the 2019 World Cup. And yeah, I, sure. I wonder if like, and obviously that was a, a disaster. And it seemed as if maybe a few of the guys in that squad who were picked, maybe a bit more on, or they were maybe a bit past their peak, shall we say. And I'm not, I don't think necessarily that's the case with this squad, but maybe a little bit of fresh blood is kind of, a good thing just to mix mix things up a, a little bit. Yeah, I'm just looking at it. I think like if you look at like the profile of like these players, like a starting a starting pack. If you take Showman 21 caps, Turner 35, Xander 58, and then in the row Richie at 73, Grant at 62, Richie 41 caps already. He's like 15. Um, Jack Dempsey's and then Matt Ferguson's got 33 caps at 25 as well but I suppose they are all experienced but not I suppose when we were going into 2019 you probably had like your Barclays yeah yeah and there's probably a few more that were in like your 70 80 range or like the, at the real tail end it feels like that pack is more like I suppose majority prime as opposed to up and over would be a, a, how I would maybe read it no, I think I think that's a good point, actually. I don't, I make, believe, them re- don't make them regularly. I can't believe Xander Fagerson's 27. I still feel like he's like 23. Yeah. Seen a lot. He has seen a lot. 58 um, caps in the front row already. He's just coming into his prime now. Yeah. I mean, could have another seven, eight years. Yeah. He's, he, he, he's got to be hitting 100 caps because he's not massively injury prone yeah. either. There's not many, many players behind him either. Jamie, how many yeah. caps do you think Jamie Bathy's got? 12. I'm going to go with... I, I think he's low 20s. High 20s. 28. 28 caps for the back. 28 caps for Jamie Batty, yeah. Very fit. That really, that really jumped out at me. He sort of burst on the scene, sort of what back... Was it back? Sort of 2017, 2018. And then he sort of had this yeah. little kind of... Sort of maybe dip... And he sort of come back, I think, probably in the the last um, year or so. But no, 28. Fair play. Didn't, didn't he make, maybe not his debut, but in that AI series in 2017 against New Zealand? 
Yeah. So that's that's kind of like two caps a year on average, since or two two or three caps a year. Mate, you work in finance. What the hell are you talking about? Four. Sorry, four. Four. He's got. (laughs) He's got twenty-eight caps, and it's like six years. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking seven years. Sorry. Um. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Sorry. It's late. It's it's quarter to it's quarter it's to quite, eleven. I've been I've been cr- crunching numbers all day. Um, I mean, is there uh, anybody in the? Is there anybody outside of the squad that you would describe as like? Are they loitering like with intent on getting in? I don't think we need need him, but Maitland's still so so consistent. <laughs> you know, he's, yeah, he's going to start for Saracens in the Prem final. He's just been given a new contract. You know. He he's starting yeah. at back three ahead of Elliot Daly. Who like, would you who would you put in? Who would he replace? It, I know it's it's a good question, and I, I agree. Think, but when you look at Duhan, Stain, Darcy, are kind of the the three wings. Be Stain probably because and then you can kind of you've kind of got Harris who can cover Kinghorn who can cover, but they're they're a little bit more utility, so. I'm probably I probably agree that he's not needed, but uh, yeah. That, uh, at the same time, I guess you know if someone goes down, you know he's he'd be a great person to be able to bring in because he's just so consistent. Yeah, I feel like Bayless was one that was always sort of floating around, kind of the Six Nations squads, which uh, yeah, which I he's thought never might, quite, he might he's never quite done it though, has he? No, but then I'd say neither is Andy Christie. And he's in the squad, right? No, yeah. But I, I, Christie's younger? done more at Prem than than Bayless, yeah. though. I feel like Christie's pretty true. He he's on he's on the starting team sheet for for a Saracens pack, which is, is ultimately you know gone on to the final. Yep. But but apart from that, it's like I think there's always those calls for whenever you watch. Like highlights of, the, highlights of the Premiership, yeah. Jory Matthews, maybe. Um, but highlights of the Premiership, you see like Rory Hutchinson just always seems to do something like pretty good yeah. in every game he plays. But I think the centers are so nailed down now that it's just less of an issue. Yeah, yeah. it was, it was interesting. You, I was, Pilotti, yeah. yeah, everybody was calling for Hutch in every squad, including ourselves. And even yeah. Stafford Medal's been playing so well and gives you yeah. like a bit of a I don't know, a bit of like a more physical edge, I suppose. He is the only uncapped back named in the squad, old stiff. Well, so haven't we haven't we looked back at the twenty twenty one Six Nations squad and seeing which players yeah. didn't make it who were in that squad? Had Alex Craig floating around two years ago. Oh, yeah. Just not sort of pushed on. He was flavor of the week for a while. Yeah, I think he might have had a few injuries. Hebble still at Gloucester. Yeah, yeah, Craig's still at Gloucester. Yeah, Hebble, who I guess sort of hasn't quite developed, or again has had had quite a few injuries, right? Yeah, Yeah, Um, I think he's still injured at the moment. He's been injured pretty much all this season, I think. I think Hebble's isn't is Kebble not playing for one of the teams this weekend yeah he's in the world 15 he's in the world 15. obviously i mean 
he his name yeah. screams <laughs> screams world fifteen. <laughs> Him and Harry Hoskins. The 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 pack is just for the world fifteen is just so much weaker than the back line. Although, who's, Harry, be, who's Harry Hoskins? Honestly, don't know. Could be like Jersey Reds. The uh, Gary Graham was floating around in the squad. Gary Graham. Never really kicked on. He had two caps. Grant Stewart floating around. Did you see um Grant Stewart's now is he even still playing pro rugby? Super six. In the US? He's plays Did plays he for air. Plays for air. Plays for air. Yeah, it's super six. He was was it Rennie that really rated him and sort of like fast tracked him through Glasgow for a bit? I think he kind of came from nowhere as well. He wasn't in yeah. any sort of academies. No. And then he sort of, as soon as he, as quickly as he appears, he's he's gone. But no, it's, but I agree. It feels like, I was trying to even think in the Edinburgh team, who you'd probably have said two years ago, actually, he was in the squad. James Lang was sort of, mm. he was getting a few matches yeah. at 12. You probably would have thought he'd been in the right squad, but, and, 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 and Bennett, right? Yeah, Bennett's guess, an interesting one, I think. So, uh, but again, I don't think Lang or Bennett. You would have been totally fine with Bennett in the squad, but he's not quite done enough this year for Edinburgh for you to be screaming out for him to be in, right? Mm. Especially when you've you've got Harris and Jones. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think it's probably like your four, because you've got Stain on the wing. You just need four centers, and ultimately Chris Harris, Jones, and Tuipulotu. Are going to be three of those four, and old Stafford's just crushed it over the last six months, and probably gives you in ultimately they, they yeah. probably need a, need a twelve. Oh, and Cam Redpath and right? Cam Redpath, yeah. yeah. So you've uh, got. Yeah. Do you think tough. they? Do you think they needed four scrum halves? Probably not. Uh, but I, I imagine Dolby won't go. They clearly still really rate him. So, so we, yeah. cut, we cut down to what, thir- cut down to thirty three. Thirty three is it? Yeah, yeah. So you'll lose one. Shall we? Um, shall shall our next pod? Shall we? Do, shall we all three of us do our uh, thirty three man squads, and then we'll we see how cl- see how close we are when we get to it in um in sort of. Late in like, early yeah. August. Yeah, we'll do that. Oh, we'll do that probably early September. To be fair, judging well, by yeah, our, next our next part, <laughs> yeah. our next part in early September. Um, <laughs> but yeah, is there anybody out in that sort of else in that periphery lingering? Cornell Dupree. Cornell Dupree, hey. European champion, probably Challenge Cup winner. We need we need trophy winning experience in the squad. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if the the only one I'm thinking is. I think Crosby maybe could feel a bit hard done by yeah. the way he was treated in the Six Nations. Yeah. And I think the fact that he seemed to win like every award going at Edinburgh's end of season dinner thing. But yeah. then I, but then what's, I think at the same what, time... What's the, what's the issue? Because Luke Crosby's in, in the squad. He's in yeah, the squad. No, I'm, I'm just saying someone who could um, like break through to a starting 15. Because I think we've, as Dave, you've got yeah. mentioned before, like I think probably at the moment, and things might change, I think the starting 15 is fairly settled. Yes. 
So I'm just thinking of like a guy who maybe could could push into to do something a bit yeah. interesting. Agreed. I, I yeah, Cros Crosby feels like one of the few. Again, do you feel like hookers? It's sort of like just a bit of a back row yeah. configuration piece, though, isn't it? It's sort of like depending on who you're playing. Yeah, I also think Watson's come into quite decent form towards the end of the year. So yeah, he's just got so much in the bank at the same time. Do you think Ollie Smith could legitimately be challenging Hog for starting spot? <sighs> Maybe. It, if I, I, I'm, I'm probably similar boat to you. Where maybe, but when it, if you, if you really had to push me, I'm still going with Hog, just given. <laughs> I think the big so. game experience, everything he's done. And you'd done. start Smith ahead of Kinghorn at 15. Yeah, but like ultimately, Kinghorn's like not played full match. He's really 15. good. Uh, well, he's you... still listed as a 10 on that Edinburgh graphic as well. So stupid. It's, so, it's so stupid. What are they doing? Yeah, I, I just think it's hard to play Kinghorn at 15 other than as a utility sub, given he, he really hasn't played more than, I don't know, like one or two matches over the last two years at 15 for, for Edinburgh. So yeah. it kind of feels like Kinghorn is 10, 15 utility sub or nothing. Yeah. But I, but I agree. He's He's got so much promise, at, or so much upside in that 15, or, or the 12 rule. Um. Oh, the twelve. Never, never giving up on the twelve rule. <laughs> it was really or great. The twelve rule. Since there's a lot of people are saying it, a lot of people are saying you should play twelve. It was really great for that short period of time where Tom English like dipped his toe in the Blair Kinghorn at twelve, yeah. sort of yeah. water, and then very quickly got scolded and sort of like removed his foot from the bath. Like, <laughs> like to think that he was like up on deadline and he was just like listening to our pod. He's like, well, fuck it, I've got eight hundred. I've got 800 words that need filed. Let's get it in there. Um, how do you think that you still look, even in a squad of 42, Havan Sebastian, like, sort of, I think that's like the tell that we're not as deep or as good as we think we are. There's no other nation with someone like him in their squad. I think definitely a prop. At prop. We're super light. I think we're, we're, Okay, loose head though. Sutherland, yeah. Schumann, and and Batty, that's decent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. More than more than decent actually, but yeah, it's that. Zand, what, Zander, yeah, that's maybe probably... maybe Murphy Walker. It's time for him to show us what all the fuss is about. People yeah. are loving Murphy Walker. Murphy Walker is a great idea. I'm not sure if it's if he's great yet. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, that's like, the thing. No one knows, right? He's just yeah. so young. Is he that? He, I feel like he's been around for a long time. I feel like since when we started this party, he was like this seventeen-year-old starting for like the under twenties. So I guess maybe he must be like twenty-three, twenty-four. He's twenty-three. Um, but he's but yeah. he's only played ten games for Glasgow. So yeah, that's mad. And like, two games for Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> two. Games. Yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to think what games. They were <laughs> Fiji in the autumn, twenty twenty two autumn. So Fiji and what a another 
Yeah. I guess then thinking about depth, tight head and hooker. Yeah. Feels like, you know, obviously Turner is a, is, is a bit of a big match player. But what, once you get past him, you obviously Rambo, Cherry, Ashman is is good, but hasn't actually got that much game time. You know, he's not starting for sale. No. Same obviously yeah, we said with tight head. It feels like those two spots, once you get past Turner and um and Ferguson, it is a bit of a drop off. I, I I like Ashman. I think he's I wouldn't say he's like that test match animal phrase, but I think he has got a bit about him. So I'm actually quite happy with the depth, depth there. Yeah, I think, and you, you'll think he'll be coming in as starting hooker at Edinburgh. So you'll probably get you're hoping he gets a bit more game time than he was getting down at at Sale. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting right. to see. Looking forward to it. World yeah. Cup out in the out in the group stages. Enjoy the enjoy the knockouts. Be good. One win to Romania, three losses. How many, how many of the warm-up games do you think they're winning? What have we got? got Italy, Italy at home, Scotland, uh, sorry, France, home and away, and then Georgia at home. So there's at least one win there. Two? I think you've got to be aiming for three wins. Try and, be, try and knock France at home. Do you remember that we got absolutely roasted yeah. by France in... Before the 2019 oh, the World first, Cup. Yeah, the first warm-up for 19. Yeah, that was really bad. And players were, like, being sick and stuff. I was like, right, okay. Yeah. What, <laughs> so, yeah. what have you guys been up to? Like John, John Barkley, like, heaving in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, I remember that. I am worried a little bit, again, about heat. Because, obviously, that was... I appreciate it's a different type of heat in Japan. There's a lot more, sort of, like, humidity. But it felt like they weren't quite ready from a fitness standpoint when they went to Japan or just generally in preseason sort of playing in the heat, you know, you're going to have that again. They're sort of playing in, in Nice um, yeah. and Marseille yet, yet the summer, the world cup training camp is mainly in, in Edinburgh at, um, at, at the Herrick Watt campus. And I'm like, maybe they should be like at altitude in Spain or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Just getting like in the Pyrenees. Just getting like Xander Ferguson like in thirty two degree heat with no shade, and just like the body needs to adapt. It's tough. Yeah, there. it does. These Safas will be absolute loving life in Marseille. Tongans won't be given a shit. Whereas yeah, Xander <laughs> Turner, Richie, Rich, maybe not Rich Gray, but Cummings. These aren't men who are sort of built for the sun. And I, I just wonder if, if, if yeah, spending all their yeah. time in Edinburgh is the right thing to do. Turn up the heat in the orium, in like the indoor bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but see, maybe uh, as I'm <laughs> not a doctor, or sports scientist, I'm sure they're. I'm sure they know what they're doing. <laughs> I don't know, man. Don't say. Don't say yourself short. It's good analysis. So, as as a man who has tried to play in the heat and and failed, it's uh, it's a tough transition. Yeah, it's probably time to to to, to roll off. <laughs> on that note, call it, call it on that note, <laughs> losing losing energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
Yeah. Well, it's been nice, to, nice to nice to get on, chew the chew the fat for for a little bit, get together, talk talk about some Scottish rugby. It is a, it is more of a, an occasional thing, but always a joy. No, it's very nice. Um, we'll maybe we'll, try... maybe we'll be more consistent during the World Cup. I don't know. Yeah, could could be, could be promising a lot, but I for don't sure. Know. But I think post World Cup, we're, we're going to be sort of we'll end up transitioning to like a once a quarter sort of run time. Maybe just maybe just once a year, once a year after we sort of beat beat England or, uh, or <laughs> yeah, Wales, exactly. yeah, an an emergency Sunday night pod. Yeah, I like um, I like the sort of like very rare, but like not really aligned to Scottish rugby events. Like when we popped up to do that pod about Mark Dodson's podcast. Like that's what people want. I don't everyone expects us to turn up for the big games. But when we turn up, you know, just responding to like the comment section on the offside line or something, that's when people will really know that we're back. <laughs> I wonder if we could finally get Dodson on the pod before he before he walks away. It feels like he's he's just been this ever permanent figure. A bit, yeah. We're putting a formal bid to the SOU's press office. Come on, this is where he needs to do his tell-all. Stop yeah. speaking to Tom English. <laughs> email, email response of lol. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely just not even, no, no response coming. <laughs> we've yeah. come, yeah, we've come a long way. Well, we did get, um, where is it, when he was the chief operating officer? We've got I Big Dom. Yeah, yeah. 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 We used to be we used to be a serious Peak. proposition. <laughs> then um was it Cockrell who called us from his car? Yeah, we got Cockers. Yeah. He was literally Cock- like, what has my life come to? <laughs> I was like I was like winning trophies with the Tigers and now I'm talking to these absolute champs. Yeah, but we were like you know, we were the vice of the buzzfeed of Scottish rugby, man. Like <laughs> we, we were, were hot. Yeah. We, there was there was like a year where we were hot. We were raising <laughs> It, we're raising money. People wanted to be to be, be part of us, and now yeah. everyone's just realised that behind the curtain we had nothing. We were very <laughs> I mean, much a cheap, um, yeah, peak cheap cheap money, wasn't it? People were yeah, just loving it. Yeah, buying exactly. it. And we were, Vice, Vice is bankrupt now, so there you go. Yeah. Go full circle. I uh, know. <laughs> and Buzzfeed, I think actually. So yeah, Buzzfeed's so, closed. Yeah, I think it's just the news. But anyway, that's uh, for a different topic. It is the news thing. Are they still doing um, listicles of cats? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. BuzzFeed was, that's when BuzzFeed was really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just sort of illusions of dress illusions and what's and whatnot. Um, but now... we, still bre- we still break more news than the whole Scottish rugby. Uh, during, during our Six Nations, we will break more news than any other, any other Scottish rugby media publication. It would be nice to just get one final big scoop. Yeah. Pre-World Cup, during World Cup. Yeah. It's just, uh, what I think when we look back on the pod, our biggest regret will be not clicking send twice on the news that Finn had walked out of the Scotland camp because we had it. We had it. We had it both times. Oh, no. I know. I know. It was too big, though. It was too big. <laughs> we were too, we were too worried. We were too worried about going, going early. Such a shame. Such when a shame. DMs came in that Kinghorn was starting at ten, and because the thing is, oh. if we'd be if we'd been set up, it would pull the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> we would have looked like such. Shut asshole. it, shut it down at that point. Yeah, just close the channel. Um, ah, uh, uh, good, well, good yeah, times. We'll get it. All the good times. We're not. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. 
the, the eulogies it can come another day this has, um, felt, this has felt a little bit like one of those like you know when like friends do like a retrospective like oh remember <laughs> remember remember the series we're on the we're on the sofa chat about how good it was that's had a little <laughs> bit of an air to it like that but no we can't no no we can't go out. <laughs> no, no. when scotland win when scotland win the world cup we can't quit we can't quit that yeah, I think if Scotland yeah. make the quarterfinals, we we got to go to Paris and we got to do a live pod. Uh, a little, yeah. let's put that. If you're we going, make... you're going Scotland, Tonga, and Nice, right? I'm yes. quite keen for that. It's quite a little little trip to Scot to to Nice. I know. We Went to Nice act... on my um my brother's stag do, so I know all the haunts. Or not? Yeah. Well, we need to, we need to happens after that. If anyone wants to hook <laughs> us up with tickets. Accommodation, that kind of stuff. Accommodation. I'm pretty sure we'll be able to get tickets for Scotland Tonga. Don't know if they're like a tier one. Um, yeah, but if, like for the free, World Cup, free ones. Oh, a bit of hospital, a little tent yeah, on the beach. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pebble. It's a pebble beach. Not it's pebble beach. <laughs> yeah, pebble beach in Nice. You don't want. You don't want it. Ah <laughs> oh, no. Um, but no. Yes. Don't worry. We'll. Uh, we'll 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 have a run of pods for the World Cup. There'll be, there will be pods. There will be pods <laughs> forever. All right, guys. Always a pleasure. Always and a thank pleasure. Thank you very much you for coming back to listen. Keep in touch with us. We, we, our prime asset at Thistle Rugby Pod on Twitter is still your number one source for Scottish rugby news. So get on there. Stick with us, and we'll be back in touch very soon. Cheers. 